everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Tuesday, January 19th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, wow. So the box office never sleeps. And it looks like we got a new number one this weekend. Yeah, we got a new number one. We've got our first... Unless I'm wrong, which I'm never am about box office, we have our first repeat uh, box office champion of the pandemic era. This is the first time a star has had two movies that have that have top lined the uh, pandemic box office. So that's yeah, a, it's, a, bo- it's a it's a it's a it's a moment in time. It's a you know it's a record. Yeah, and I believe I believe you are correct there. We're talking about Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has another number one film. His last one was in October. Yep. So he had Honest Thief in October was number one, and he has a new number one movie this weekend called The Marksman, mm-hmm. and it made three point two million. In about uh, 1,975 theaters, in an Open Roads film, which was Honest Thief Open Road as well? Honest Thief, I do not think was Open Road. I'm checking that right now. It is Open Road. It is Open Road. Okay. So, so they have a relationship with, with, with Liam, with Sir Liam. Yeah. They, they must, you know, they have a lot of these, they must have a lot of like warehouse sets and a lot of like uh, abandoned rail yard sets and, you know, a lot of uh, uh, prop guns. So open road, they, they must have a lot of the things you need to make a Liam Neeson, you know, mid-budget action pick. Yeah, so why not I'm, reuse them? I'm looking at, let's see. I want to see what what Honest Thief opened at. So Honest Thief, I think, opened at about $4 million, which is higher than what the Marksman opened at this weekend to be its number one. I know Honest Thief opened to, you know, Marksman this weekend opened number one at $3.2 million. Honest Thief definitely opened higher than that. Yeah, so uh, according to the numbers, I'm looking at the numbers. This mm-hmm. was it its weekend gross for mm-hmm. October 16th that weekend was 3.6, but it has a total gross of 4.1. So I'm assuming that th- that w- it was released maybe on a Wednesday or something. There was something going on here. So so but- that 4.1 includes Canada's opening preview weekend from the following week, the previous week. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. So, you know, this one lo- opened a little bit lower, but again, like we're saying, we've said the past couple of weeks, things have spiked, colder weather, people mm-hmm. are staying away more, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's that's it's a negligible change, though. I mean, we're we're looking at like a three million dollar man here yep. in this pandemic, and you know he's a sturdy thoroughbred that they're just they're just riding, they're just yep. riding to whatever box office they can get at the moment. Yep. I mean, it's pretty much, I would assume, many of the same fans, many of the same ticket buyers went to the opening weekend of Honest Thief, and they went back to the opening weekend of The Marksman. So I think that slight drop-off is also, it's good box office news, and it's good, um, you know, like, uh, I would say, health news 
in the sense that the drop-off of these people was minimal. You know, it was only a few hundred thousand dollars worth of, of tickets that, you know, were lost over the last four months. So that's good. That's a good sign for everybody. Well, we're looking at a theater count for Honest Thief back in October was 2,425. Wow. And so that's when you look at that, and then its per theater average was 1,488. That's for the Honest Thief back in October. Wow. This actually had less theaters and a higher average at 1,632. So... You're looking at the same amount of people, I feel like, right? In a smaller space. So that's not that's not what you want to see um, in a pandemic. You don't want to see more crowded indoor spaces. You know, you basically have more Liam Neeson fans into uh, a smaller amount of space this time. So that's not ideal. We, we would have well, liked to see that spread out a little more. Yeah, but the thing is, too, is that there could be a possibility that all the people who wanted to see this movie were not able to see it this weekend because there was less theaters open. Right, right. Less amount of tickets being sold. Right, right. You know, so, so this this may this may just be a stagger a, a staggered situation where it's going to make the same as Honest Thief, just slower. Right, right. Which, which you know, I think that's a good. That's pretty much a trend for just Liam Neeson movies in general. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same as the last one, except a step slower. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think Liam Neeson. You know, he's already had such a long career of being, you know, an actor in prestige movies, then becoming this late period action star. And I think now with two hits in the pandemic era, he's going to start to be become remembered as a pandemic star. Because there's no one else out there who could claim to have opened two movies at number one during the coronavirus year. You know, I don't know if Costner has anything else in the hopper. I don't know if Vince Vaughn, star of Freaky, has anything else coming out in the next few months. But it's probably, you know, Dave Franco maybe is working on something that he'll be able to get out in time before the pandemic era is over. But it's probably going to end up being Liam Neeson as the only one who's had multiple hit movies. Yeah, we haven't had... Okay, so, yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy has not put out a, another movie since New Mutants. No, no. And Emma opened up pre-pandemic, even though it was still playing at the beginning of the pandemic era. She uh, would have had a shot, though, because the fact that New Mutants was on the shelf for so long. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Russell Crowe Unhinged Star has anything else on the shelf that's supposed to come out, but it's it's something that you could use in the marketing of Liam Neeson's next movie. America's number one pandemic star is back post pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, or he survived. Or you, right. Or you rush something out, you know, we're all hoping the pandemic era is over in the next, you know, few months to this year. But maybe they got enough footage of, of Liam Neeson, you know, whether it's a, a movie that he shot or even if it's just footage of him 
you know, working out around his house, cleaning the gutters. You get that out in theaters and you try and get a third number one opening in the pandemic. Yeah. I'm trying to I I, I want to switch over. I'm going to switch over from because I was looking at box office mojo mm-hmm. for this top 10. And I got to switch over to the numbers because okay. Okay. we're 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 having some uh, discrepancies in these mm-hmm. numbers in mm-hmm. the difference between. And I'm just I just trust the numbers now at this point. It's a, listen, we've been talking about this for a while. It's a sad, sad state of of affairs where Box Office Mojo has fallen from one of the all-time great box office sites, box office uh, resources, to just a complete former shell of itself. Complete mm-hmm. former shell of itself. You know, a great site started, of course, by Brandon Gray, famous name in box office history, created one of the great box office sites of all time, Box Office Mojo, and it has become, you know, as the as the kids say today on Twitter, it's a dumpster fire. You know, that no, that's, don't say that. Let's I say said as the kid, I, as the kids say. So I'm not I'm not saying that what they Why say. Why quote is, kids? Why would you quote a kid? It's so that they. What kind of know, insight does a child have? Let them. Let's throw them a bone. Let them hear hear their own lingo once in a while. The rats have their cheese. They can munch on that. Let's anyway. leave the numbers to the adults here. I would say that it's a shell of its former self in the yes. sense that it is impenetrable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is almost impossible to get any information out of it, much so like a hard to shell. The you've switched to the numbers. So number two, we got Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Two million, 2.6 million. Mm-hmm. Drop mm-hmm. of 13%. It's losing theaters. Yes. It's at $35.8 million. <sighs> what do we say about this? And and here's the thing. We have gotten no subscriber numbers right. from Warner Brothers, right? We've gotten no information as to whether this was a success or not. Nope. Nothing. It, it is January 19th. That mm-hmm. means that in a scant week, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. It is going to be leaving. Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be leaving HBO Max. So they need to have done something and gotten some sort of data. Or maybe they're waiting until it leaves to see what the data is. But, man, I'm starting to feel like this is a huge failure. And... It's it's uh, a failure of such magnitude mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we're going to be dissecting this for weeks and months and years to come. Well, well, the problem is Warner Brothers is giving us no choice but to deem this a failure because the only numbers that we have are the box office numbers of Wonder Woman 1984, which of course, look incredibly low for a Wonder Woman movie. It's a total gross, like you said, $35.8 million. Hard to spin that as being a successful movie. The only way this is a success is if HBO Max subscriptions have gone through the roof. But if they don't give us anything to tout, if they don't say that those subscriptions are through the roof, we're going to assume they're not because lack of good press equals bad performance, and we're going to deem this a failure. This is a failure on Warner's part of PR and of using numbers to their advantage. 
They have not done that. They've not done that. Yeah. They have not done that. And so they give us no choice but to uh, deem them a failure. You, you, you have to give us numbers or we have nothing to work with. Exactly. So Wonder it, Woman is going to be off HBO Max in a week. Do we think that that gooses the box office at all? Like, are people going to start seeing it in the theater because they can't watch it on HBO? I mean, I don't see that happening. Well, I don't either. I think it's old news at this point. Mm-hmm. The memes have been shared. Yep. It was a, a quick blast. It has lost the popular consciousness. Yep. Especially with what's going on now and uh, the week that we're going to have this week yep. and next week. I think there's going to be a lot less people interested in either going to theaters or talking about uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. I think it has lost whatever mojo it had and whatever cultural clout that it accumulated which was almost zero yeah you would you would need basically you know uh, we're we're not a political show so i'll just hint at it but but a lot of the news cycle has moved towards things happening in washington the last few Mm -hmm. weeks that's what that's what's being covered i'm not going to get into specifics You, you you could guess what i'm talking about well you can find it anywhere else right so that's We're the what only people, people been, not talking about it. Exactly. We will not talk about it. So that's what people are talking about is stuff happening in Washington. Maybe the only way Wonder Woman gets back into the news cycle is if someone dresses in a Wonder Woman costume while they're doing something in Washington that makes the news cycle. Yeah, that's that's really the only way to get any sort of clout at this point. And, yeah. you know, if you're Warner Brothers, you might be desperate enough to— to do an infiltration job, right? To right. do a psyop, right? And and have have some, you know, because uh, listen again, not getting into specifics, but we saw people in Washington dressed up in crazy costumes when they were doing things on the news. You know, someone in a Viking costume got a lot of airplay while he was doing what he was doing on the news. If Warner Brothers could get those same people to wear. Wonder Woman costumes while they're getting themselves on the news, maybe that maybe that gets some people interested in going to see Wonder Woman in the theater. You know, they see what? someone in a Wonder Woman costume uh, waving a, a, a certain kind of flag or, you know, climbing in through a window or stuff like that. And they say, oh, Wonder Woman, that's right, that exists should I see if it's in a theater? Should I subscribe to HBO Max to get it? You know, maybe that helps. I don't know. Well, not to be political. No. And we're I, not going to say exactly. We're, we're at best going to hint at things. I was thinking more along the lines of some uh, peaceful people dressing mm-hmm. up as Wonder Woman in order to celebrate a female... Uh, Political figure. Okay. Okay. Right? In, in a vice-type role, this female political figure. Not to get specific. Uh, oh, I thought you meant the movie vice. But yes, no. I guess. Exactly no. like the movie vice. I mean, I don't think the movie vice has a marketing budget at all anymore. So they wouldn't be able to do anything. But yes, getting, getting uh, uh, people who may be going this week to celebrate a political happening in Washington— and getting those people to wear Wonder Woman costumes, 
that may drum up some interest for Wonder Woman. But uh, even that, to me, it, it feels like the, the Wonder Woman buzz is over. I don't know if Wonder Woman's going to be able to latch on to this you know, uh, uh, news cycle of what's happening in Washington. Again, we're not going to get specific. We're not going to get political. And you can't, you can't look past the fact mm-hmm. that that movie was released in 2020, right. and it is now 2021. Yes. And yes. people don't want to think about anything from 2020. It's true. It's true. I mean, as as uh, you hear the kids saying on Twitter, 2020 was a dumpster fire. That is what they are saying. Why, why are you I, like I'm, are, I'm, are there kids listening now that you're trying to impress? I'm not understanding the, the need to speak to the kids. Are you I'm, trying to get our demo uh, more diversified? Listen, our demo is great. We don't need to worry about our demo. I'm just That's saying what this, I'm is what they're, this is what they're saying. But you're right. People did not like 2020. They did not no. care for it. And Wonder Woman is a relic of 2020. And the, it the is funny the bad thing times. Is it, it tries not to be because it's 1984 mm, and it's right. trying to harken back to those times, but it's not. Right. A movie right. that I think harkens back to a better time. Mm-hmm. Number three. Mm-hmm. The Crude's a new age. Yep. Yep. Made $2 million up 10%. Yep. It's... It's got it's up 37 screens. It is taking Wonder Woman screens back. Mm-hmm. This is a film that's been out for eight weeks and has a very, very close per theater average to Wonder Woman. Yep. And, and it's made more thirty nine million dollars. And this is a movie that only had a 17 day window. Yep. So it's been out on PVOD pre Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't blame the HBO Max availability on why Wonder Woman is making less than Crudes because Crudes is also available on VOD. You know, you could watch both these movies from home. You know, I think there is something to, so of course, you know, this is the second Crudes movie, but as we've discussed at length, this movie is called Crudes A New Age. And Wonder Woman 1984 is decidedly reminding people of 2020, a year people did not care for. Crude's a new age is 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 one of those movies that has a very hopeful subtitle. It's a movie that is decidedly not about 2020. And I think people are responding to that. And I don't think kids' movies are stamped the same way that adult movies are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kids, kids cannot remember one year to the next, so they won't necessarily remember The Croods being a 2020 movie. Right. Because right. they may be still going to see it in the theaters in 2021. They may still be purchasing it on PVOD in right. 2021. So their I mean, brains don't work the same way. Well, and just titling it A New Age rather than titling it The Croods 2 – that might work in getting a lot of kids to go see this movie thinking it's yet thinking it's another new Crudes movie rather than it being the Crudes movie they saw back in November. Because if you call this movie The Crudes 2, kids who went to see it in November would have would look at it now and say, like, Oh, Crudes 2, I've already seen Crudes 2. But Crudes a New Age, they may see that poster and they'll be like, Oh, this is another new Crudes movie. Mommy, Daddy, you got to take me to see this. And the yeah. parents don't know. 
They don't know from Croods 2 to Croods 3. They don't know. They just want to shut this kid up. They're going to be on their stupid phones doom scrolling anyway watching yep. this movie. Yep, yep, yep. So speak, speaking of news, mm-hmm. number four, News of the World mm-hmm. made nearly a million dollars, 997000 mm-hmm. lost 19%. Is at a cum of eight point four. Now, this is a film that I helped the moms and dads mm-hmm. figure out how to watch this weekend. Yep. And I can see, and we're not we're not critics, we're not reviewing. No. But I understand why this movie has not done well. Okay. You well, you're you're personally were not a huge fan of it. You love Tom Hanks, but you did not love this movie. I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. I did not think we're not not a review, not a no, review. No, this movie had zero original thoughts in its head. Okay, that sounds like a review. Not a review, okay. an opinion. Okay, because I'm not a critic. Right. I'm not a critic. Right, right. You're an analyst. I'm not part of the media. I'm just a guy. Yeah, I'm on my porch. Right. I'm just you're, a plain spoken guy. You're a working stiff. I'm in a barn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm in a barn. I'm a Joe yeah. Lunchpail. Yep. You're a work-a-day box office analyst. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And that all I'm saying is that there was nothing really interesting to me about this film after watching it. So I understand why it was rejected by the general public. It's, I mean, this movie was always, as you coined the phrase before it came out, this is dadnip. Dadnip. You know, Tom Hanks is a dad icon, and it's a Western which is, you know, the ultimate dad setting. Even as the generations progress, once you become a dad, you become a wannabe cowboy. You know, even, even listen, we're not at quite in that generation yet. We're not a, a, a generation, me and you, that grew up on John Wayne, obviously. He means nothing to us. But we will age into... Dad age and wanting to be cowboys. That is inevitable. That will happen. So News of the World is a Western. It's a Tom Hanks movie. It's dad nip. But do you feel now having seen it that there's something missing for it that isn't quite as dad nippy as you would have thought? Yes. And I feel like it doesn't speak to the people that it's trying to aim for. Okay. I think when you look at some of the films that say, um, God, why am I blanking on his name now? Fuck it, it's a raw feed. Uh, Yellowstone, the star of Yellowstone. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Now, Kevin Costner has hoed this row mm-hmm. very successfully. Mm-hmm. That's been his his new persona for years now. And it is paid dividends. Him in anything is dadnip. And momnip, because moms still think he's hunky. Mm-hmm. The problem with this film is Tom Hanks, and we texted about this off the show, continues to do these boring everyman roles. He is Kevin Costner is a guy that never really had a spark in my mind. He always kind of played the same average Joe, that was maybe a little bit extraordinary, mm-hmm. a little bit hunkier, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a dynamic performer 
in the way that Tom Hanks is. And Tom Hanks continues to do himself a great disservice mm-hmm. by playing a boring, stoic man in all of his recent films. Okay. Instead of really trying to do a performance that is magnetic. That is one of the main issues with this movie is right. that you're going there and you're thinking, oh, Tom Hanks, he'll bring it. And it was not brought in in any shape or form. Right, right. I mean— I could I, look at a still picture of Tom Hanks and get a better feeling than watching this 90-minute movie, which I applaud it for. I applaud you for being 90 minutes, News of the World. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I cannot applaud you. Well, I, I think part of Dad Nip is dads want to be inspired or dads want to feel like there is greatness that— is inside of them, whether there is or not, and most likely yeah. not. Most people most don't have not. greatness in them. But they want to feel that way, especially dads. And so the great dad knit movies, you know, like Ford v. Ferrari, a year ago, one of the all-time great dad knit movies of the modern era, made over $100 million domestic. It was a movie where the dads, they saw those dynamo performances from Damon and Christian Bale, and the cars, and they thought, I have that greatness inside of me. And then, of course, we've talked about a lot of the dads went out, you know, driving around super fast on their minivans, went off the road. We lost a lot of dads because we of lost the a lot of dads that, that, yeah, that weekend and, and many weekends after that. And yeah, news of the world, Tom Hanks, he's great as always, but he he's not playing a real uh, uh, fiery character. And dads like to have a little fiery characters and inspiration in their dad nip. So it's I, not yeah. aspirational in any sense. That's the thing. You don't aspire to be Tom Hanks's character. Yeah, I could see that. So yeah, I, I could understand. The thing is, we're talking about box office, but the real test of news of the world was going to be what were the VOD numbers this weekend? And, I mean, have you... I have not seen any kind of press release about News of the World making $30 million on VOD. I haven't seen anything like that from Universal. Have no. you found anything? I have not found anything. So, I mean, that is the problem in this, you know, streamo world is if these studios don't want to tout big VOD or streaming numbers, we're just going to assume that it didn't do that well. Yeah. And that's on them, not on us. That's not on the analysts. Yeah, I'm seeing nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Just these sort of paltry box office numbers. So news of the world, I, I would assume that it did well this weekend, but... If I don't have numbers in front of me, then I, I can't make that assumption publicly. It did not do enough mm-hmm. to make the the titular news. Mm-hmm. 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 I was trying to figure out what the news is. Uh, if I was going to the titular, what what is the news? It's a, you know, what, how would you describe the news? An institution? Uh, An idea? I mean, are I, you talking about what, how to define what news is? Well, in the sense of if you're going to say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I know what a trash company does. Okay. Right. You know, but what is, what is the equivalent to news? What, is, what would you say the news is? Information. 
ideally, and we're not getting that information about News of the World's VOD number. So, I mean, listen, we're putting the call out. Universal, tell us how many uh, uh, sales News of the World has made in this opening week. Just tell us. Give us the raw numbers. We could handle it. The world can handle it. Yep. Don't treat us like babies. Give us the numbers. We'll disseminate for you. Just give us the raw numbers. Send it to the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com, and we'll get that out there. Number five, Monster Hunter, Mm -hmm. 930,000, down 16%. May is at $9 million. Mm -hmm. Not much to say about this movie. No. I mean, is this on VOD? This is not yet, right? No, I don't believe Sony has put it out on PVD, PVOD yet. And I think, uh, just put this on PVOD. Yeah, I mean, I guess Sony could go direct to PVOD. They don't have a streamer the way Disney does, the way Warner Media does. I mean, I guess they could put it on Crackle, you know, next to the Joe Dirt sequel, um, which maybe is a good home for this. You know, Cr- Monster Hunter would... Mm-hmm. Chicken what? Soup for the Soul owns Crackle now, bro. So no more. It's not Sony related anymore. Crackle is 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 not an arm of Sony. Now we're not the Streamo Boys, and I'm no Crackle expert, but I think Sony is still licensing things mm-hmm. to Crackle. So Blue but, Mountain State, the TV show, they're still licensing that to Crackle. I think Blue Mountain State might be on Netflix. Okay, interesting. But that is, Crackle is, I think, owned almost completely now by Chicken Soup for the Soul. Interesting. 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 So they have nothing. Yeah. Sony needs to sell their stuff to legitimate streamers. Interesting. In order to get it out there. All right. So Monster Hunters will not necessarily debut on Crackle. So... You know, Crackle, I guess, uh, keep trying. Or I guess they could bid on Monster Hunter, but it's not a sure thing. We don't it's know where Monster Hunter is going to end up. It's so interesting to think about these movies that don't have a locked downstream destination. Right. Right. They because could end up we, anywhere. Know, we know where these Disney movies are going to end up. We know mm-hmm. where these Warner Brothers movies, we know where these Universal movies are going to end up. Yep. So it's very interesting to have a, an outlier like Sony and be like, right. well, I guess it's going to come to PV. I guess it's got a 90 day window. What the fuck? Like it's the, like it's the uh, Stone 80s. Age. Right. 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 So right. who, yeah. So that's, that's it. Um, only last thing we want to say about this top 10, I guess, would be number nine. We got the war with grandpa still holding up plus 3% at, one hundred and fifty-eight thousand mm-hmm. added theaters, thirty-seven theaters stealing some of them. Wonder Woman theaters. It's at nineteen point two. I think we're gonna get to twenty. I have a feeling. I just feel it. Yeah, I think One Hundred and One Studios is going to keep War with Grandpa in there until they get that twenty million. They're gonna want that milestone. They're gonna want those claps on a future they, episode of the Bo Boys. They're aware. they want the applause. Yeah. Yeah. 
they know what that means. They know the distinction that that will give them in the pandemic. Yep. And and we have promised, you know, we've talked about this, but I think it's time to turn talk into a promise. If War with Grandpa hits $20 million, we will not just clap for the War with Grandpa. We will clap for the War with Grandpa as an entire episode. Oh, an hour-long applause break. Yeah. Well, the, the the length of the episode is TBD, but I, I think a War with Grandpa clap fest for reaching $20 million, that's an episode in itself. Yeah, we should crowdsource some claps. We should have our B.O. boys, want to B.O. boys, want to B.O. girls, want to B.O. people mm-hmm. send in their claps. Yep. Send in your claps to the B.O. boys podcast at gmail.com, wave file, .mp3, you know, uh, wave is always best, .mp3 we could work with. And M4A, uh, I guess. Yeah, try, if you're try, stuck. And, try and give us something a little better than that. But send us your claps. We will incorporate those claps into the applause episode for War with Grandpa if and when War with Grandpa hits $20 million at the domestic box office. So that's a huge news right here. Well, that's our top five for mm-hmm. the week. Let's get into really quickly some movie moves. Yep. So we've got Godzilla vs. Kong, which is going to be coming out early, mm-hmm. March 26th instead of May 21st. Is this a fuck you? Okay, how so? I, I, I love where you're going with this, but get me there. Because by March, we ain't going to be where we need to be. With theaters. Mm-hmm. And Godzilla, Legendary, King Kong, they made a big stink about the day and date HBO Max, which they should have. Mm-hmm. I'm on their side, of course. Yes. Legendary, I am on your side. Yes. We stand with the, the hoodie. I have the hoodie. Yeah. I have, I stand the hoodie. Mm-hmm. Are they saying, you know what? You want to be in theaters? Here you go. Mm. Mm. All the zombies can gnaw on these bones. Right. Because right. May is for prime steak. Right. Right. I feel like this is Warner Brothers saying, fuck you. Now, here's the thing. This fuck you is softened by the fact that they paid out a lot of money to the people at Legendary. Right. I mean, the director of this film, the stars of this film, obviously King Kong and Godzilla, mm-hmm. got their points. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's not it's a it's not a financial fuck you, but it's definitely a fuck you. Yeah, it's the only fuck you that they could do. Right, because the thing is, even if this is a fuck you to legendary by moving the movie up into a, a worse slot on the schedule. Like you said, Godzilla already got his points. King Kong already got his points. The director already got their points. So they just say, fuck you back. You know, it's a fuck you. Okay, well, fuck you situation. So I, 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 think, I think in the end, it's still Warner Media and Jason Kylo who get fucked in the end. Because they already mm-hmm. paid out these points. They're not going to make money on this movie to, to equal all the payouts that they've given. I mean, I think we've seen with Wonder Woman and the lack of, of real pr- uh, uh, press touting the subscription numbers, I don't think 
Godzilla vs. Kong is really going to add subscribers to HBO Max. No. So it's... God, this already feels like a death march for the Warner Brothers 2021 slate. Yeah. You know, it almost feels like just move all their movies up into March and then go dark for the year and get it over with. Well, you know? it's it's interesting because another Warner Brothers movie okay. that is getting moved from March to September. Oh my god. Is The Many Saints of Newark, The Sopranos prequel. Now you got something to say about this. Well, I saw this. And what what blows me away is what do they need this extra time for? You know, like whenever you see a movie get pushed back, it's usually for one of two reasons. Either the movie's a disaster and they just want to bury it. Or it's a big budget special effects movie that they need a little more time to get the effects perfect. And if that is the case with The Many Saints of Newark, what are these effects that David Chase still needs more time to tweak? You know, is this an Irishman situation where they are de-aging actors from The Sopranos to be able to play younger versions of themselves? If that's the case, I get why they need the extra six months. Because, you know, giving me a 20-year-old version of Steven Van Zandt, you're going to need every second that you can to make that happen. Well, they've recast those roles as younger. Okay, so it's not a de-aging situation. No. I'm going to give you one guess as to one of the reasons why this movie is being moved to September. And it has to do with your other favorite thing Mm -hmm. next to box office. Okay. Um, Is it... Is this an anniversary of some sort? No, no. It's, no. This, it's movie-related. It's something you love. Uh, something I love as mo- as other than box office. Think and, about what else we're maniacs about. Uh, uh, betting, gambling, doing, uh, you know, like box office uh, fantasy leagues. Um, Fast and Furious. Do they want to get away from no, the Fast and Furious franchise? You're close to it with gambling, but... Okay. but what do we always gamble on? Uh, ourselves. We always bet on ourselves. Uh, I, I know, Dolomite. Every year. Oh, the Oscars. Oscar so this gold. Is a, so they're moving it to the fall season because they think Many Saints of Newark is going to be an Oscar movie? Yes, that is why. Because David Chase is a maniac. Oh, my Lord. That's incredible. So he thinks that that James Gandolfini, rest in peace, one of the great actors ever, that his son Michael. is going to be an Oscar contender for playing young Tony Soprano. That is well, what he thinks. Maybe. Or Bill Magnuson as young Polly Walnuts. Oh, my God. John Magaro. As Silvio, I mean, maybe. Or you you do have some, you have Leslie Odom Jr., you have John Bernthal, 
You got Ray Liotta. You got Vera Farmiga. She's she's gonna. You know, there could be some some Oscar gold in her future. Yeah, I mean, I had the Many Saints of Newark way back list. in the day on my bombs list back in January of 2020. I predicted this movie when we thought it was supposed to open in June of 2020. I had this on my bombs list, and I know. Pandemic box office has made uh, uh, saying a movie is a bomb. It's made that a, a, a moot point. Can't really judge that. But I will say the Many Saints of Newark will still be able to be qualified as a bomb because now that they think this is an Oscar movie, when this movie gets negative to middling reviews and gets zero Oscar nom nom noms, I will be able to deem this a bomb. Yeah. That will be my right. That will be what I am allowed to do in this world is call Many Saints of Newark a bomb because it will get zero nom nom noms and it will, by pandemic box office standards, be incredibly uh, 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 unsuccessful. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that right. And we do think... This is a movie, if any movie, and we're not alone in this opinion, huh? I'm not trying to act like this is some sort of hot take, huh? No, we're not piling on, huh? But this is a movie that should have gone directly to HBO Max. Yes. This is the sort of movie that you use to get subscribers. Yes. There is a—you keep talking about kids. I don't know why, but— there is a younger generation who are getting back into Sopranos because mm-hmm. they have a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. And there is a resurgence in the popularity of the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And that would pay dividends for HBO Max to have this be an exclusive film. Now, I'm sure David Chase has a contract that says this needs to go to the theaters. Right. I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming David Chase has always wanted to do movies. He's always wanted to succeed in filmmaking. Yep. And this is his shot. He does it begrudgingly, I'm sure, because he didn't want to go back to this well. He wanted to be this auteur. He wanted to be David Lynch. He wanted yep. to go from a popular TV series to becoming an auteur. That did not happen. It may still happen. Who knows? But he wants the theater experience. He's yep. a mini Nolan here. We're going to hear a lot of talk from David Chase, I believe, in the future when this movie is about to come out, depending on how... Things are looking society-wise and film theater-wise. Get ready for a a he might make our 2021 loudmouth list. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think I think there's a good chance of that. And it's it's gonna be the case where you're gonna read a lot of interviews where the gist of it is David Chase saying, young big pussy had to be on the big screen. The only way that you could experience Young Big Pussy is in a movie theater with other movie theater goers surrounding you. You can't experience Young Big Pussy in the comfort of your own home. No. There's nothing special about it. No. It would feel wrong. It would feel unnatural. Right, right. And he's going to be like Young Polly Walnuts, Young Livia. Yeah, th- those are those are big screen icons. You got to see them on, uh, you know, IMAX is probably. You got to be... see Young Junior. Yeah, 
Oh, Young Junior, you got to see on on IMAX. It, it, it's got to be seen to believe to be believed. So another boneheaded move by the Warner Bros. In our estimation, correct? Mm. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred. Their 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 streak is is going to be historic by the end of this year. The the Warner Media, Jason Kylo, uh, uh, just about every move that they are making is uh, is is legendarily bad. Yeah, could could WB stand for wrong-headed boneheads? Yes, possibly. Possibly. Definitely could. So, Pat, before we go, because you had an article you wanted to speak on. Real quick, um, I am just pulling this up right now. Um, Let's see. Okay, so from a site called TheObserver.com, just came out today this article by a uh, a reporter or freelancer, I'm not sure, named Brandon A blogger. And the article says, box office experts debate which movie studios are best prepared for 2021. And in this article, the gist of it is, talks to three different box office analysts who give their thoughts on which studios are doing it right in the uh, pandemic era. So he talks to, I mean, someone we're both familiar with who's been around forever, Paul Dergaberdian, a name that I have read many times over the years and never said out loud. So Paulie D over at Comscore, legendary box office writer, he's one of the people they talk to. Of course, you got to talk to Paulie D. Sean Robbins, chief analyst at Box Office Pro. Sure. All right. You could talk to him. Now, this person you absolutely have to talk to, of course, guest on this show recently, Jeff Bach over at Exhibitor Relations Co. The OG. OG, been in this game for a long time and still relevant as ever. That's the thing. Jeff stays current. He's a he's a he's a historian and a futurist at the same time, which is where you want to be. Great. Those are three people, especially Jeff, that you're writing an article like this, you gotta talk to. I will say though. We didn't get a call. We didn't get a call, and not that we need the call, because especially Right now, the numbers, the way they're going on this show, we ain't hurting for attention. We ain't hurting for listeners. So it's not like we needed this. But when I see an article like this where you're talking to box office experts about the current state of box office and we're not in that article, it makes you look bad. And it makes the observer look bad. And I would bet if I were Jeff, and I were Paul D, and I were Sean over at Box Office Pro, when they see this article and they don't see the B.O. Boys quoted, to them, that makes them think, ugh, the the readers of this article are not going to take it as seriously as I would have wanted them to. Well, they may have been on the Zoom Mm -hmm. waiting. And when the interviewer... Said, okay, well, everybody's here. They'd be like, wait, B.O. Boys aren't joining the chat? Right. B.O. Boys aren't jumping on the Zoom? Right. And now, let me just say, I'm going to say, say if the Observer would have reached out to us, mm-hmm. all they would have quoted us about is we decline, we decline to make any comment. And then a link to 
are Podbean because that we have a platform. Speaks for itself. Right. Our, our, we have a platform. We don't need your platform. Why would we need two platforms? Right. I would have talked because to them. I, I, I would have done it. I, I have a couple extra minutes. So you I would know have what done you it, do when you straddle platforms, Pat? What do you do? You stretch yourself too far. You split your pants. You show your ass. Right. That's what happens when you straddle more than one platform. We have one platform, and that platform is podcasting. Yeah. We don't need to be in the observer. Whatever that is. I don't even know. I tried to Google it. I couldn't find it. We don't need to be in it. I'll just end this by saying this. We didn't need it, obviously. But for our fellow... They needed us. And for our fellow box office analysts, like Jeff, Sean, Paul D., they would have appreciated the B.O. boys being part of this because it just would have put a greater... Uh, uh, air of of reliability on the whole endeavor. It would have made it would have made everything seem like a bigger deal. But now us mentioning it is making it a big deal. I think Jeff being part of it is a big deal. Yes, that's a big deal. But but you know it's not as big of a deal as it could have been. So yes. uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all. Now, I'm what saying. were you going to say about the content of the article? No, that was it. I mean, it is what it is. I, I my my main thrust about this article is that it was missing the Bo Boys. That's it. Oh, okay. So, there, did you read the article? Was there any insights? Um, it was. You know, some people thought some studios were doing better than others. That's about it. Great. Which we already kind of went over. Exactly. Exactly. And we went over with Jeff on our episode where we talked to. To him. Exactly. That's all you need. So listen to that episode. Um, is there anything else? I mean, last thing, quick hit. Let's do this as a quick hit because I got a heart out. Quick hit is AMC just announced today. I'm looking at uh, some. So this is mostly on like different uh, uh, um, stock market sites on Market Watch that shares of AMC Holdings today. January 19th rose a dramatic 25% in the first few minutes of trading on Tuesday. The reason is that AMC issued $100 million in debt. So basically, they got a little infusion of cash. And they owe some people some money. That's the gist of it. What happened today is that AMC owes some money. They're going to be paying interest on the money that they borrowed, but they got some cash right now. Yeah, it looks like the, it's due in 2026. Okay. So they're pushing off. They're just pushing everything off. Right, which is what you do. You know, you That's what everybody does now. personally. Yeah. You borrow now and you hope it all works out okay. And that's not the worst business strategy for AMC. It's just... It's just Pray that things get better, especially six years from now. You know, AMC at this point, I think them borrowing money that they got to pay back in six years, they are figuring that that's just never going to happen. Oh, you know? yeah. 2026 seems so far from now. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's a good move for AMC, especially because almost anyone who's working at the top of AMC right now will be nowhere near working for AMC in six years. So that ain't their problem. Oh, oh, absolutely. Now, 
It ain't their problem. Yeah. It's someone else's problem. Yeah. It's if, it's it's five guys from that from them problem. Exactly. If I was running any company right now, I would take every loan I could get, say, yeah, we'll pay you back in five years, because I'm I know that ain't gonna be my problem. This could be some other guy's problem. Yeah. So good the, for AMC. You know who the dumbass is? Who? The dumbass is the guy who takes your job in five years. Exactly. You don't want that, to follow me. That's the dumbass. Right. You're right. not dumb. You're smart. No, I'm very smart. And the guy who's running AMC right now and took that loan, good move on his part, but you don't follow this guy. No. And you don't. You especially don't follow the guy that guy. No. And then you don't follow the guy after that guy. No. No. Because they each increasingly get dumber the closer to that debt needing to be paid. Right. And by the time it's 2026, 20, you, you're dealing with a real dumb-dumb. Right. 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 So I would say good move for AMC. They got some cash now. They could pay off the vendors, pay for the hot, uh, the, the hot dogs and the popcorn machines. And, you know, six years from now, they foreclose on that. They can't pay it back. But that's someone else's problem. Now, what, what do you think? And oh God, this is opening a whole can of, wor- or can of worms. But what do you think the, these movie theaters did with all the hot dogs that they had frozen right. for the summer? Did they have to throw all those hot dogs away? Because no. they probably had way more hot dogs than they served. Do you think these are still? Are they still working on hot dogs that they had uh, like pegged for summer? Are we going to see summer 2020 hot dogs until up until summer 2021? I think in these theaters, they are delaying the hot dogs to coincide with the delays in all the movies. So the hot dogs that were set aside to be served during the premiere of Fast 9 when it was supposed to come out in uh, April of 2020... Those are the hot dogs that you will eat when you go see Fast 9 when it actually comes out in May of 2021. You know, I oh, think so the, the fast hot dog- dogs, the fast dogs are already been earmarked. They're already Yes. next to the the special, you know, paper holders that will have F9. They'll have Cena's face on them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those hot dogs, that those vats of nacho cheese those open day and date with the movie that they were already earmarked for. So like okay. the many saints of Newark hot dogs, those just got delayed again until September. Wow. Yeah. So those, I mean, I think that was the case, you know, new mutants, those hot dogs kept getting pushed back year after year for four years straight. But to me, that is, that is how you handle the concessions is you, you 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 delay them until the movie comes out. It makes sense. Yeah, because there's different volumes of food per movie. Exactly, you, you got to imagine that they're doing that math where right th- these superhero movies you got to have way more concessions for the, right for the people the demographic that goes to them. Right, but like with the Many Saints of Newark, yeah, you're delaying those hot dogs over and over again. But let's be honest, there's about 15 to 20 hot dogs that have been pegged for many Saints of Newark. So it's yeah, not, earmarked, yeah. Yeah, so th- those hot dogs, they're going bad. They ain't going to be in good shape. But the the bright spot is there just won't be that many of them. That's true. 
Yeah. So I think we wow. did it, Clayton. We definitely did it. Pat, where can they find us? Email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. Of course, like we said earlier, send us audio files of your claps so that we could use them on air when we devote an entire episode to clapping for the war with grandpa hitting $20 million domestic when that happens. And, and it should be in a, f- in a few weeks, so you have time, but but claps, these clap recordings are like taxes. Don't let it sneak right. up on you. Don't let them right. sneak up on you. Right. I would say turn them in as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. Send them now. Send us your claps, the Boys podcast at gmail.com. Listen, I got... I got a heart out. I got to go. But before I go, there's something I want to talk about. All right. I, I, I want to talk about the Jake Fogelnest Patreon. And well, but you have is, a heart out. So, you know, you don't have to because it, you got a I heart ha- out. I have a heart out. But this is something I always have to make time for because people. So it's not need that to hard know. of an out. It's no, not that it hard is, of an out. It's a very hard out. I have to go. And the people that are waiting for me would be upset if not for the fact that that I'm sure they know how important it is for me to talk about the Jake Fogelness Patreon, how you could find a community on there that is coming together in the interest of finding safe, fun, interesting content with a lot of cool stuff happening over at this Patreon. You know, we're talking about Squirt TV clips, Squirt TV full episodes, anecdotes about the making of Squirt TV. You know, you could go there and hear Jake talk about how he once got the state to come into his childhood bedroom to be on Squirt TV. And I do have a heart out. I have to go. But... Before I go, I just have to say that this is a safe place to be. It is, And that is something I'm sure that everyone in this world, in this climate we're in, is striving for, is safety. And that is the place where I feel most safe. And I have a heart out, and people are waiting for me, but they're going to have to wait at least 10 more seconds because I have to say if safety and squirt TV – and cool, interesting content is something that's important to you, like it's important to me. The only place that you could go is the Jake Foliness Patreon. And I will be waiting for you there, even though I have a heart out and I have somewhere to go. I'll still well, be there. Is the is the heart out Jake Foglenest Patreon related? I only hope so. Christ. Okay. Well, I guess we did it, Pat. There's nothing left to say except except for until next time. We'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.